This past Monday, I had made plans for Hattie and I to take a trip down to Cumberland Falls. Tiffany was working on Monday, and the weather was just really too beautiful to, to pass up and to not try to get a little bit of a hike in on that beautiful day. And so, instead of just me and Hattie going just uh, by ourselves, we invited Zach to come along with us. Zach didn't start lineman school until Tuesday, and so he had Monday free, and so the, the, all three of us, we decided to go, and we had ourselves a pretty good hike that day. We got a little good workout in and got pretty tired out. We hiked one of the trails on the east side of the falls, and after our, making our way down, I don't know, a mile, maybe a mile and a half, um, we ended up coming to this clearing, this opening, and there's just this nice open view, nice gaze where we could see see the river really clear there. And we got this just amazing view of just some really outstanding rock formations. I noticed one rock in particular, it was right below us, it was actually quite a bit down below us, but it had this, this shape about it that was just, just extraordinary, it just was a unique kind of shape. It was this rock... Right here, that big one right there in the middle. And you could tell as you look, and you might be able to really tell by that picture, but you could tell that the, the front side of that, as the water is coming against it this way, you could tell that that side of it had really been weathered by the water and by the, by the forces of, of nature and by the just various things that beat against it over the course of some time. The front side was just completely smoothed over, polished almost, and it created some, some neat kind of curvatures in the rock, and it gives it some of those, those shark fins that I call. What really caught my eye, though, was, was the back side of the rock. That section right there. That's what immediately caught my eye. It almost looked as if there was this little, you know, this little room there that had been hollowed out. Don't know what exactly caused it, but it seemed as if there was a room there, a room that was just the perfect size to fit somebody inside. Do you know what happened next? We put somebody inside. You want to guess which three of us got put in there? No, it wasn't Hattie. I know that's what everybody was thinking. Not that kind of a father. It's dangerous down there. Wouldn't put my child down there. No, I put Zach down there. That's who I put down there. Hope Zach's mom doesn't listen to the podcast. She might come and bring him and take him back to Horse K. No, Zach went down there willingly. It was kind of a climb to get down there to it. But I asked him to do that so that I could snap that picture right there and get this picture of what my mind was already envisioning when I first saw that rock. When you see Zach just kind of there, just kind of nestled and crouched there within the hollow of that rock, do you see in your mind's eye the same thing that I see? Let me see if maybe this will help your imaginations a little bit. That's exactly what I saw when I looked at that rock. It looked as if there was this hand, this protective hand, shielding and sheltering someone or anything that might get within the hollow of that rock. A person or maybe even an animal could go into the cleft of that rock almost as if someone, some big gigantic hand, is there keeping them safe. That mighty, powerful hand just covering over them. Do you have in mind the song that I was thinking of as I pictured that in my mind? It's the song number 363, He Hideth My Soul. You can be looking at that song if you want. We're not going to break it down and look at every single word in the song. We sing this song quite often here at Lakeside. We sang several songs this evening that were new to us or unfamiliar to us, but this one is not unfamiliar. And there's a good reason why we sing this song a lot, and that's because 
It's just a great hymn. It's a wonderful hymn. It is one of the thousands of Fannie J. Crosby songs. Fannie J. Crosby has just dozens of her songs in our songbook, and we sing an awful lot of them. And there are a lot of great songs, and this one's one of the good ones. And it combines what I believe are just several different biblical concepts, biblical elements, and even some Bible stories. And unfortunately, we don't have time to break it down and look at all of those. However, what I do want to notice and I want to focus on is just this idea right here. What I believe is really the main idea of the song. It is the idea from which the song gets its title. And it is as well the dominant idea of the chorus itself. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. What's that all about? That sounds beautiful. That sounds very poetic. Where in the world does that idea come from? Well, it comes from Exodus, the 33rd chapter. In one of, I believe, just one of the most unique incidents in all of Scripture, Old Testament or New Testament. You remember in Exodus chapter 33, or there at least in the middle of the book of Exodus, Moses has reached kind of the boiling point with the children of Israel. These people have murmured, they have complained, they have criticized him at every turn. They've been rebellious, they have lacked a great amount of faith. And so at this critical juncture, what Moses needs, just about more than anything, is he needs some encouragement. He needs a pick-me-up from the Lord Himself in order to continue on leading the people as He was charged. And so after making a couple of modest requests to the Lord, Moses then makes what I believe is just an amazing request, almost an unthinkable request of God. He asks of God in Exodus 33 and verse 18, He said... Lord, please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, God said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And so the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. This is really just awesome to think about. To think of God manifesting Himself to Moses in this way, in this physical, yet I believe very carefully limited sort of way. Moses' experience was no doubt designed to be an affirmation, an affirmation of the presence of God, of the power of God. No doubt it would have served as a reminder of God's refuge, of God's protection, and of God's providential care. You know, I don't know everything about God covering Moses with His hand. Lots of people, and I'm guessing I'm probably going to get a question for Q&A night after bringing this up. What was the hand? Was it a real hand? A literal hand? A physical hand? Was it some other kind of manifestation? I don't know about all that. But you know what is clear to me from this? It is clear that Moses needed that covering. He needed to be hidden behind God's hand. He needed to be hidden in the cleft of the rock because as God says here in Exodus 33, he would be consumed by God's glory if he wasn't. Now I think about that and I think about us today. I think about just people today. In many ways, I believe that we are in the same predicament that Moses was in. 
Because I believe, especially as I talk to the people that are in this room tonight, we want to see God's glory, don't we? I really don't think you would have bothered coming here tonight and worshiping God if you didn't have somewhere within you a desire to see God's glory. We want that. We want to see Him face to face. We want to be in His presence in that kind of close sort of way. That is what we long for. In fact, that is what we were made for. Of course, sin has messed all that up, hasn't it? Sin has just made a whole mess of things. There is no way that imperfect and unholy creatures like ourselves, that we can ever be in the presence of God in the way that we are, with sin present in our lives. And we, of course, recognize that there's nothing we can do about that on our own. None of us have any power within ourselves. There's not enough cleaning up that we can do of our of ourselves and of our sins and of our souls to somehow be able to stand in God's presence and not be consumed by His holy and His perfect magnificence. So what do we need? What we need is we need a Savior. In fact, if I could borrow just the phrase, the opening line from this song, we need a wonderful Savior. We need someone who not only will save us from the fire and from the damnation of hell, but we need us as well. We need someone who can shield us from the awesome and burning perfection of a holy God. And that's the good news of the gospel, isn't it? The good news of the gospel is that that Savior has in fact been provided in Jesus the Christ. And in Colossians the third chapter, after Paul has already got done saying some things about being buried in baptism, Paul then says this in Colossians 3 and verse 3, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. How amazing is that? That we are hidden with Christ in God. We are hidden in the Lord. Jesus gives us access to the Father without us being consumed by His amazing presence. Jesus makes it possible for us to have that that close fellowship and communion and that relationship that Moses longed to have with the Father and what our heart of hearts longs to have with the Father as well. Jesus hides us in Him. And while it is certainly true, that our position right now in Christ, it's, it's wonderful, there's lots of blessings about that. It is true that that does not afford us the opportunity to be able to witness the fullness of God's glory now. There is coming a day when we will. And the very next verse in Colossians 3 says so. That when Christ, who is your life, appears, then, then you also will appear with Him in glory. On that day, all of those, all of us whose lives have been shaped by Jesus, whose lives have been hidden with Christ, in that moment, we will come face to face with our Maker. We will be in the presence, directly in the presence of a holy and awesome God. We will be in His presence for all of eternity. In that moment, we won't need to be hidden in the cleft of the rock anymore. Because we will see the Lord as He is. And we will be with Him throughout the ages of the ages. Are you prepared for that? Are you ready for that just seminal moment in all of human history? That day is coming. That moment is coming. That day and that moment could be today. It could be before this night is over when the Lord appears. Are you ready for that? 
Are you hidden with Christ in God? The way that you do that is by confessing your faith in Jesus as the Son of God, repenting and turning from sin, and being baptized, being buried with Him, dying to sin, so that you can rise to walk in newness of life. You can know what it is to be in Jesus, to be a Christian. If you're here this evening and you are a Christian, and maybe you're not living right, maybe at some point along the way, brother or sister, you you got out of the cleft of the rock. You went back into sin. You stopped being there under the the providential, the, the care and the protection of Jesus. Come back. Come back to Him in repentance. Let us pray with you. Let us encourage you. Let's help each other. We strive to go to heaven. Are you hidden in the cleft of the rock? We have a wonderful Savior who makes that possible. And if you need to respond to Him this evening, this is your moment and this is your time. Do that right now while we stand and while we sing.